Hi friends, my name is Annie C. Sanchez and welcome to the Arise and Shine podcast where we are calling women of strength to arise and shine in their purpose for the glory of God in every sphere of society. I know that through this podcast, God is going to speak to you and show you your authority in Christ to call dead things to life and arise and shine in your God-given purpose. Follow and subscribe to the podcast. Join us every Monday at 9 a.m. as you start your week and your workday. In the weeks to come, I'll be bringing other women on to share their testimony of how God has called them to arise and shine. And don't forget to leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts or whatever streaming platform you are using. In this premiere episode, I'm going to be telling you God's vision for this podcast. And within that story, I'm going to be sharing a lot of my testimony. And finally, you'll get to hear what's coming in season one and beyond. And if you are feeling disqualified, if you've ever felt disqualified in your life, um, because there might have been something that you feel went dormant in your life, you know, we, we've all been through this past year together, a uh, year like 2020. Um, there may have been a lot of things that felt like they laid dormant in your life or they may have even died in your life. And maybe it's a, a dream for your life, a career, a business, your future uh, family, a future marriage that you're waiting for, uh, future salvations that you're looking for for your family Maybe it's a piece of you, your self-esteem, your worth, your trust in, in people, or maybe even in God. Let me just tell you, you are not disqualified. You are destined with purpose by God. Something I know is true that is that God is the life giver. He's the giver of life. He's the resurrector. And just like he raised Jesus from the grave, he can raise you, your life, your dreams, your calling, your vision, your purpose, whatever that thing may be, he can call that from the grave into life in Jesus' name. And so we're just getting right into it, into the vision. And so I'm going to be sharing a, a lot of my testimony really and, and where the season of my life, where this vision kind of comes from, where this podcast is is birthed out of. I gave my life to Christ when I was 17. I was about to be a senior in high school. I was raised Catholic, um, and, you know, I love my roots. I mean, it's the reason why I grew up believing that there was a God in the first place. Um, but the only thing was that I didn't know who that God was personally. I didn't know that I could have a personal relationship with God through Christ. Um, and so... It was really in that summer before my senior year, I attended a, a Christian youth camp, um, much like the Alive camp that we have at at Freedom House at our church. Um, and it was there that I began to question and really ask God, you know, all these uh, students around me, they're my age, and they all seem to know God. And I, I don't feel like I know God. God personally on that level. I, I, it was definitely the Holy Spirit letting me in on this because, you know, maybe not all the students did know God, but I, I could feel with the Holy Spirit that these kids, 
they had a connection to to God through Christ, and I was lacking that in my heart. And so it was really through that camp that um, it wasn't in a service or anything, you know, like an altar call, but it was actually on my own reading time um, alone with God. I was reading Crazy Love by Francis Chan, such a great book. Um, and I was like, wow, God. I previously, uh, as a Catholic, not that, you know, all all of Catholicism is like this, but I just thought that, well, if I do the Ten Commandments, then I'm going to uh, I'm going to heaven, and if I break one, then I'm going to hell, you know? And I hadn't really had an understanding of the gospel, and so it was, it was very legalistic to me. And so I was reading Crazy Love, and, and the verse that I had read was, if you love me you will obey my commands, which is in John 14, 15. And the Holy Spirit really revealed that that truth to me by saying that it's not about um, rules. It's not just about following all these laws. It's about love. And love is what comes first before the obedience. You know, and so a lot of us... Uh, need to understand that truth of the gospel that it's God's love that first impacts our heart and then we're stirred up to say, I know what God did for me, so therefore I'm going to now serve him and obey him and love him wholeheartedly. And so once I had that revelation, instantly I was weeping and I was convicted because in this time in my life, I was in the middle of a relationship um, that was toxic. It was abusive. Um, we were sleeping together, and and I was so young, and you know, actually, I experienced sexual assault, and I was very broken. But I was honestly, my heart was darkened. You know how Romans says their hearts were darkened. My heart was darkened to the sin in my life. Um, I didn't really know anything beyond what the world standards were, and. As women, if you don't grow up in a Christian household or just, I don't know, with very strong morals, I guess, in your household, the world will tell you many things about how you're supposed to look and how you're supposed to act and the ways that you're supposed to, uh, you know, get worth from a relationship. And so that's where I found myself. Um, and I, in that moment, remember... So the first thing that came to my mind was I need to repent from my sin, from my sexual sin. Um, and this is something that uh, there, there needs to be a lot of healing um, from, right? And so I, I went to a public school, and honestly, it was very, very common. Um, but that was my first, my, my first conviction was this has to stop, and I have to repent. And I finally understand that this is how much God loves me that the love of God, he loves us in our darkest moments. And for me, that was honestly the time of my life that was the darkest. I was heading down a path that I was not going to recover from. I was in a relationship that was not taking me anywhere. If it was taking me anywhere, it was taking me very downward, downward spiral. And that's the moment that God chose to save me and to show me his light. And so, but God loves us so much that he will not leave you there in your darkest moment. He loves us so much that he wants to show us the light of Christ 
and how good and glorious it is when we turn away from our sin and we choose to trust God wholeheartedly and we're forgiven and we're cleansed and we're made pure, we're made whole, we're made righteous because of the blood of Jesus. And so um, really what happened, the, the most important thing that God showed me in that time in my life being so young is that if we don't know that God loves us and truly deeply loves us for who we are, we will go looking for that love somewhere else. And so it's, you know, it's a cliche thing, I guess, that people say, you know, God loves you, but it's the foundational thing. It is the stepping stone, the foundation that if you don't build your life on the love of Christ, you're going to fill that void somewhere else. And for me, it was this relationship. And so um, after this relationship, my self-esteem was really non-existent. I mean, I don't remember valuing myself. I had really no sense of value um, in myself. And I remember going through that healing process with God. You know, now I was saved. Now I was redeemed. Now I was surrounded by community that was calling me to a higher place, calling me to my purpose in Christ. And it was hard. I mean, healing is not an instantaneous process. Um, And that's what I really desired was I thought that healing could be just in an instant. It could just be a blink of an eye, snap of a finger, and it could just be done. And that's what I wanted. Um, But God was showing me, you know what? I'm here for you through this. This is going to be a process and it's going to be painful. You're going to have to visit some things that you never thought you were going to visit again. You're going to pull some things up from your childhood, from your past, that actually was the real cause for filling that void with this relationship. So in that moment, I really thought, oh, well, my problem is that I was sexually assaulted and I was in this toxic relationship and I don't know how to get through it and I need to be healed from that. But God actually showed me, no, this stems back way further than that. And now even as I am right now, this is five, six years later, um, now I'm realizing it even goes back further than just my childhood, than my parents. It goes back to your grandparents, your great-grandparents, all those things, all the actions, all the prayers, all the words of them, they matter and they have an impact. Those decisions matter. It's the cultures that are formed within families that eventually reach the children, the children's children, all of the progeny that come after that. And so that was the repercussions that I was facing as a first-generation believer in my family. And so, um, you know, being the one that was, I guess, quote-unquote, chosen to kind of be the pioneer, to be the trailblazer in my family was also tough, you know? So there was this, like, double healing going on, both in my heart personally, but also in my family. Um, and, you know, that to, that goes to show that all of what God does, it's bigger than just you. It's bigger than just one person. It's actually reverberates, you know, where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. So freedom not just resides in your own heart, but it, it floods every wall. It perme- permeates every wall, every room in your household, and everyone that's connected to you by blood, 
by spirit, whatever it is. And so in this season that I was in, I remember, you know, just it was not a good day. You know, I wasn't having a good day. And I remember I was at Biola, my my college, my university, and um, it was probably my my freshman or sophomore year. I can't remember which one it was, but I remember uh, distinctly praying to God, and I and I was just crying. You know, I was I was not having a good day, and I was honestly looking back to the past, and that's something that has to come with a warning. You know, it's great to look back to the past and remember what God did, not to look back to the past and remember what the enemy tried to do. Okay, so I was looking back to the past and I was thinking about, you know, all the hurt that I had been through, all the suffering that I felt. And it was, you know, either blaming someone else or blaming myself. It was just who's who's to blame here because I need somehow for this pain either to have some kind of purpose or just go away. You know, and I remember crying and I said, why did I have to go through that relationship? You know, it was it was worthless. It was purposeless. It was meaningless. You know, I wish it could have all worked out perfect and I would have never gone through this suffering or else I wish God that you could just erase it from my past. Why is this a part of my story? And I think many of us as women can look back into our past and think, why was that a part of my story? You know, why was that abuse a part of my story? Why was that addiction a part of my story? Why was that divorce a part of my story? Why was that breakup? Why was that promiscuity? Why was that lust? Why was that, um, you know, infertility? Why was that process? Why was that uh, demotion? Why was that um, let go of my job? Why did all these things, these failures or these sins that were against me or, or sins against myself, why did these have to be a part of my story, you know? And I was just crying to God, and after saying that, and I was, you know, it, it's real. It's it's a real struggle, and I, I clearly heard God say to me, because it was for my glory. And instantly, I just wept, because it both made me um, kind of puzzled <laughs> and a little bit upset because I couldn't understand that that's how relentless and ridiculous and nonsensical God's grace and God's love is for for us, for you. Because he can use the darkest moments that the devil tried to bring the most shame and turn it around for good, for his glory and for the saving of many lives. You know, that's what Joseph said after his brothers tried to kill him. After hearing uh, his God dream in Genesis 50, 20, Joseph says to his brothers, you planned evil against me. God planned it for good to bring about the present result, the survival of many people. And what God is trying to show us there is that he redeems our suffering, your suffering, not only for you, but for all the people connected to your life and in your sphere of influence. And with God, he makes you not only the survivor of your suffering, but the overcomer over suffering through the resurrection of Christ. You know, And so I, I learned to look back to the past and say, 
you know, these people, or even myself, I may have planned evil, <laughs> or these people may have planned evil against me, or the enemy planned evil against me and tried to hurt me, tried to kill these things in my life, you know, but God used it for good, for the survival of many people, not just me, you know, and so I had to learn that I was not just a survivor of this suffering, you know, so many of us, especially after 2020, we think, oh, you know, we survived, and in fact, Viola, Viola sent us a hat, the graduates, and it says, I survived 2020. And I like that, but I think what's better is to say, I'm an overcomer. I'm not just a survivor, but I overcame that, you know, because I learned that, you know, especially through going through having a divorced family and, and experiencing a toxic relationship and, and uh, overcoming sexual assault, I couldn't just say I survived that or... You know, the term that's used in, um, I think, police reports is victims, you know, when you're a victim of a crime. Um, but I didn't like that term. And I don't think that's what God wants us, that's not how God wants us to view our suffering. You know, because Jesus was not, was not just a survivor of the cross, let me tell you. Oh, no, Jesus was not just a survivor. He was an overcomer of the cross. He overcame the cross by rising again on the third day from the grave. So he did not just survive that. He overcame that. And so that's a promise for you and for me that because God did it through Jesus, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now raises us from the dead, from the spiritual death that we have, may have uh, encountered, that we may have experienced. So stop saying to yourself that you're a victim that you're just a survivor, that you survived this, you know, because God just wants to say, that's not what you have to settle for. That's not what Christ, that's not why Christ died for you. That's not why I sent my son. That's not all I sent my son to get for you. He, he went for you, not just for you to be a survivor or even to be a victim. He went to the cross, went to the grave and rose again so you can be an overcomer with him in new life in Christ. So I want you to receive that today, that you're not just a survivor and you're definitely not a victim, but with God, you can be an overcomer. You know, and I had to, I had to start speaking that over my life. But like I said, this was the process that God was taking me through, walking me through. It was not easy, but it was a process that I had to begin to speak over my life. And that's the reason why this podcast is, is up and running today. And I didn't start this podcast to talk about myself, although this episode is about uh, this testimony, my testimony, and the vision of this podcast. But I started it to talk about the things that God has done for me to encourage any woman out there who is in the same place that I was a few years ago, that God can do it for you too, that you also can arise and shine for God's glory in your God-given purpose, in every sphere of, of society that God has called you to. And, you know, I'm talking about the, the, my situation where um, a lot of it has to deal with either being betrayed or being sinned against. You know, I was a sinner as well. It's a two-way street. Um, and you may not feel like, well, my story maybe is not that of where I was sinned against or I was betrayed, but maybe you feel condemned by your 
by your past. You feel like a sinner. You feel like the betrayer. You know, let me tell you, I've been there too. You know, I have blamed myself too many times to count. But this is the truth that I had to grasp, that God's grace is the only thing that qualifies you. Not your righteousness, but His. God chooses us, not because we're good, but because He is so good that He will use a scarred vessel like you and I to show that the power comes from God and not from you and I. And that's why Arise and Shine exists. It exists to call women who feel disqualified by their past to shine the glory of God from their scars. Just like Jesus did, he showed his scars after he rose from the grave. And we too, I'm showing you my scars and saying, this is what God did for me. This is what he can do for you. Now go and do the same. Go and shine your light. Go and show your scars because in that, God is glorified. God's power is shown. And so I want to get to our theme verse, which is Isaiah 60 verse 1. That's where Rise and Shine comes from. That's where it got its name. And this is the verse in which God says to Israel, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord shines over you. And the reason is that Israel also felt disqualified by their past. Yet God chose Israel to shine his light to the nations and show the greatness of his power. And through studying this verse in Isaiah with me today, you'll see that if he can use Israel, he can use you. You know, Israel's story is really a a tumultuous one. It isn't a direct line to success and glory. They don't just go from glory to glory to glory. It is speckled with obstacles of unbelief, disobedience, injustice, doubt, to name a few. And Israel's disobedience and injustices That's the reason why God raised up Isaiah to speak to his people Israel in the first place. God always raised up prophets to call Israel out on their sins and turn them back to faith and obedience to Yahweh. And Israel was in fact far from God when God raised up Isaiah to prophesy to his people. And I want to ask you, have you ever felt like you were far from God? if you're trying to find your way back to his presence and the joy of his salvation, or perhaps you feel far from a spiritual or mental or physical state that you once were in, you don't know how you got here, but you're here. And like many of us, after a year like 2020, a lot of believers feel this way. You know, I feel this way. I mean, physically, after being through quarantine, I gained weight that I didn't know how it got there. I don't know how I got here, but but I'm here. <laughs> but I take responsibility for it, right? Um, So whether that's the case for you or whether you're a student and you're discouraged by maybe the loss of community during the pandemic and and shutdowns, whether you are a minister, you serve in your church and you desire to regain faith after a series of setback after setback after setback, maybe you're a single mom and you're weary from taking care of your children and at the end of the, t- of the day, you find no time just to take care of yourself. You know, our first instinct is to look to the past and, and look to it as a place that we want to run back to. And we think that, well, if we could only go back to normal, if we, if we could only go back to the way things used to be, 
God, if I could only go back to the place where before I had done that, before I had messed up in this way, before I had failed in this way, before the world started going crazy, before um, things started happening, I, don't, I didn't deserve them. You know, and, and this is the problem. We can't go back to the way that things used to be. We can't go back to normal before the pandemic and lockdown no more than Israel can go back to the way things used to be before they were exiled from Jerusalem. Normal is only relative. And so, but there is good news. God doesn't need to rewind the clock in order to make things good again. He can write a new ending to make things better. God is outside of time and he doesn't see our life in a linear way as we do. God always points us to the future and not the past. God didn't need to rewind the clock before Jesus was crucified. Instead, he wrote a better ending by raising him from the dead three days later. And so now, in Isaiah 60, God writes a new and better ending for Israel. Israel couldn't even conceive of how God could possibly call them to arise and shine after they had disobeyed, after they worshipped other gods, they were taken into exile and lost possession of the promised land God had given them. And the verse we're focusing on comes in the section where Isaiah is actually prophesying about the final establishment of God's kingdom. So this is God saying, this is the end game. This is the final play. This is what's going to happen in the end. And Yahweh calls on Israel to be the light to all the nations. You see, Israel was always and is still given the purpose of shining the glory of God to all nations And that's only fulfilled through the cross of Jesus Christ. So you and I are actually also chosen daughters and sons of Abraham by faith in Jesus. And even after all of this, the disobedience of Israel didn't disqualify them from their identity as image bearers, as the light to all the nations from God. They were still destined to shine the glory of God, not because Israel is perfect, but because God's grace is perfect and his choice to use imperfect people to shine his light gives him all the glory. So no matter what we do or do not do, nothing can change or alter the identity we have been given by God in Christ. We are his image bearers and we're called to arise and shine for the glory of God. And it is, let me tell you, it's countercultural and yet it's biblically aligned to declare that you are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. You are not created to shrink or to conform to the world's standards. Everything about you was endowed with purpose when God created you. So now we've fully dissected, we've talked about what Isaiah 60 verse one means, what the context is, the history of Israel, And now we have to get to how do we apply this to our lives here today? What does it mean for us to arise and shine today? Now, for this, I'm going to jump to a verse in the New Testament because arise and shine doesn't simply mean to just to rise up or to get up or to wake up. That's how we usually think of it, right? Now, in the Bible, we actually see the term arise or egero in the Greek, in Mark 5, 41. To make a long story short, there's a little girl 
12-year-old little girl, and she died. And Jesus comes to her to heal her. And, you know, actually the family says, don't even bother the teacher anymore because she's dead. But Jesus comes anyway because he doesn't play by people's rules. And he says to her, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. Now, arise, as we see here, it doesn't just mean that God calls you to get up after laying down, after taking a rest or taking a nap. Arise means God is calling you to bring back those things with which the devil tried to kill in your life. God is calling you to resurrect the dead things in that little girl you forgot all those years ago. Those broken dreams, those uh, missed opportunities, those dreams for your family that you never saw come to pass, that is what God is calling you to bring to life in you now today. God is calling you to arise from death into his life and light. The only question is, will you answer his call? And when we answer his call, we have to realize that we shine not because we have our own inner light or whatever it is about ourselves or about self-love, which is so commonly preached today in the media, but we actually shine because our light has come and it's not, it's not from us. It's actually from outside of us. And that light is a person. And this is what, what is prophesied in Isaiah 60, and it comes to pass in the New Testament. The light has come, and his name is Jesus. He says, I am the light of the world. And he tells us, you are a light for the world. You are the light of the world. So he says, I am the light of the world. Now he says, you are the light of the world because you have the spirit of Christ within you. If you proclaim that he died, he rose again from the grave, and his Holy Spirit lives in you, now you carry that light forward on his behalf as an ambassador for Christ in every sphere that God is calling you to. And Jesus says, this, this has to be bold. This is a light that can't be hidden. He actually says, you are a city on a hill. And a city on a hill, let's just imagine you know, in Bible times, they had torches, right? They didn't have the electricity. But you can't just hide the fire from a torch if it's a city on a hill. You're going to be able to see that city from miles away. And the same is true about us as believers. You know, so many women today, we're, we're trying to hide the glory of God that he's placed inside of us. You know, we're worried about what will they think? What will she think? What will he think? What will my coworkers think? What, what will my boss think? What will my family think? What will my friends think? Now, what about what God thinks? What about what God says? What about what the Bible says? Because all of those voices, they don't matter according to God's word. They do not trump the authority of God's word in your life. And what God's word says about you is that a lamp that is lit you do not put a lamp under a cover, under a basket. You set that light in the house and the light gives, it gives light to all the darkness around it. It lights up the whole house and you are meant to do the same in every sphere that God places you in. I'm prophesying and praying this over you that every sphere that you are put in, there will be an undeniable light that shines from you that is not from you, but it comes from outside of you and it comes from Jesus. 
Jesus is the one that shines in you. And so with that, it's not just self-love because that's why, you know, a, a lot of media today talks about self-love and it's all about just embracing all of who you are and just if you could just love yourself enough then you will fulfill all of the promises of your life you'll manifest it right and that's kind of incomplete because like I said what do we do about the things in our life that we feel we have messed up in or we we are tempted to feel shame over again the light has to come through Jesus, who has redeemed us, who has taken our sin and our shame. He's taken the darkness of our sin, the darkness of our shame, and he says, here is my light. In exchange for darkness, I'm taking you out of the darkness and I'm putting you in the kingdom of light. That sin has no dominion over you. Your past has no dominion over you. And it is only through Jesus that we are able to shine for his glory. And so now I want you to think about what is that thing in your life that needs to be resurrected today, that needs to be resurrected in this season? I don't know what that thing is in your life, but I know that Jesus is telling you, you today, don't be afraid, just believe. Your mourning season is over. Stop mourning. Stop crying because it's not dead. It's just asleep. And he says to you right now, Talitha Kum, girl, I say to you, get up. It's time for you to arise. It's time for you to shine. It's time for you to get up and speak life over everything the devil tried to kill in your life. Speak life with the authority God has given you over your future, your marriage, your children, your legacy, your business, your career, the dream that God has placed in you. No more accepting the words of death or speaking words of death over yourself every morning. It's time that you call those dead things back to life in the name of Jesus. Now, what does that look like practically? Maybe for you, that looks like committing yourself back to God. Maybe that looks like ending that relationship that you know is not for you, the friendship that you know is taking you further away from God. Maybe it's not entertaining those self-destructive thoughts anymore. Maybe it's now fully embracing your unique identity in Christ, stopping the comparison game and saying, I know that I'm uniquely, fearfully, and wonderfully made by God. I am his masterpiece. Maybe it looks like committing yourself to spiritual disciplines. That's right. It's not just, you know, fun and games, and it's not easy all the time. You don't always feel like, opening up your word. You don't always feel like putting on that worship song. That's why it's called a discipline. It's not always easy, just like working out, but you got to build that faith muscle. Start working out your faith muscle, just like you work out. Maybe you like, you know, running. Maybe you like walking. Maybe you like um, cycling, whatever it is for you. It's not always fun, right? You don't always feel like it but you're always feeling better after. You never regret that workout. And in the same way, you never regret engaging in your spiritual disciplines. So what are spiritual disciplines? It looks like setting a daily prayer habit. And I say daily because you're going to forget it if it's only like once a week. 
You can't just go every week on a Sunday and just pray once a week. You're not going to make it. You're going to be on E the rest of the week. You've got to commit to this daily. This is a daily discipline. And maybe that looks like fasting. Maybe you're a seasoned believer and you need to take it to the next level. Maybe you've been sp- uh, fear, uh, feeling spiritually dead. You know, we all have those, um, sometimes we feel like we're getting a quote-unquote dry season. But here's the thing that I was actually just talking about recently is that when we don't feel like it, and our pastor has actually preached on this quite a bit in this series, when we don't feel like it, we don't need to, we don't need to feel like it. We're not always going to feel like it. We can't listen to our feelings and our emotions all the time. They don't, they don't make good leaders is, is what our pastor says. And so something that I recommend and, you know, our church or any, any spiritual mentor or leader that will tell you, go on a fast. You know, even if it's one day, even if it's one meal, commit yourself to God and say, I don't feel like it. And so I'm going to stop feeding my flesh because that's where our feelings come from. Our passions comes from that carnal mindset. You know, so sometimes we need to stop feeding our flesh and start feeding our, our spirit. We got to starve the things of the flesh, starve the things that, that fire up your passions, and start feeding the things that fire up your faith, that fire up your spirit, the Holy Spirit of God in you. And that's what spiritual disciplines do in your life. You don't have to feel like it. You don't have to feel holy or feel good or whatever it is. Feel like you are so full of the love of God in order to start a fast. In fact, I would say if you're feeling the opposite, that's a good time to start a fast. Um, Maybe it's reading scripture daily. You know, again, just like praying, if it's not a daily habit, I mean, how can we even go a moment without being with God. I mean, that's all that prayer is, is offering yourself to God. And when we pray, when we talk to God, it, we're more, more, um, we're emphasizing speaking with God, we're emphasizing being with God. And so when we read scripture daily, that's God speaking back to us. So praying, us speaking to God, and I would say the best way to hear God's voice is, well, He wrote an entire book just for you and just for me. And it would be a shame if we don't, if we say, well, I can't hear God, but we don't pick up his word, his love letter to us. And for me, if I go a day without reading, I can feel it. I start to feel worry. I start to feel fear. But I have to remember, if I'm hearing God's voice, if I'm in God's word, God's voice will be louder than my fears, than my worry. But I can only do that by committing myself to the spiritual discipline of reading whatever it is. Uh, uh, sometimes it's just a few verses and I meditate on those. That's the best way to do it, I, to meditate on it um, and doing it daily. And on the other hand, maybe that also looks like walking by faith and obedience. And maybe you need to start that business. Maybe you need to join that ministry Maybe you need to start serving in church. Maybe you have to start actually writing and planning the dream that God placed inside of you. There's always a spiritual and a practical side to everything we do. So I can 
give you this encouragement from God's word, but it doesn't do anything in us unless we practically work that out in our lives. And so if God has given you a dream, start writing, start planning, start praying. That's the most important thing we can do is praying daily about whatever it is that God has placed in your heart. And whatever fears or worries may come your way, just remember that your obedience is not about you because there are people waiting to receive breakthrough because of your obedience. And so I want to end today, now that I've gone through what it can look like to apply these things to our lives, um, I just want to pray for you. I want to speak words of life over you and really intercede for you, whoever you are, whatever whatever state that you find yourself in right now. And so let's pray. God, I thank you, Lord, for every woman that's listening to this podcast, Lord, who may feel like she's disqualified by the things that she has done or the things that have been done to her. Lord, I pray that you would begin to revive, that you would begin to resurrect, God, all the dead things in her life, the the self-esteem, the self-worth, the dreams, the calling, the vision, the purpose that she has over her life. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, I come in agreement with her that she's going to begin to see resurrection power flow through her, God, that your anointing would begin to flow through her, Lord, that you would revive everything that the devil has tried to kill, that you would pay back everything and restore everything, God, that the devil has tried to steal, that you would multiply it, Lord, that you would set her in the right mindset. I pray that we just rebuke every lie, every every evil and destructive, perverse thought from the enemy. We make it obey Christ. We make it captive right now in the name of Christ. So Lord, I just thank you, God, for the work that you're going to do in her life, that she has a plan, God, that she has a destiny, she has a purpose, Lord, that you have set for her uniquely, that you have destined her to be a woman of strength, not a woman of weakness, a woman of strength in the Lord, not a woman of defeat, not a victim, not just a survivor, but an overcomer in Christ Jesus. I thank you, God, that you've made her a masterpiece to do good works that you have prepared beforehand that she might walk in them. Lord, I pray that you always guard her and that you always give her the mind of Christ, that she has been given perfect peace because she sets her mind on you. And God, I pray that she would begin to walk in the authority that you've given her in Christ, that her light has come and his name is Jesus. And because of that, she has the authority to shine in every aspect of her life, to not hide her light, but to shine it in every sphere that you've called her to. Lord, I pray that she would walk in faith, not by sight, that she would walk in obedience to you, not merely sacrifice, that she would boldly know that you are with her wherever she goes, that she is never alone. Lord, I thank you for this. In Jesus' name, we pray and we agree. Amen. Thank you for listening. In the weeks to come, I'm going to be bringing other women on to share their testimony of how God has called them to arise and shine. 
the things that God has resurrected in their lives. And please follow and subscribe to the podcast. Join us every Monday at 9 a.m. as you start your week or your workday. Again, don't forget to leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts or whatever streaming platform you use. Love you and see you next week.